we as a church are going through the Bible together. It's called the journey, the journey through the word. And it's not too late for you to join us. You can go onto our webpage and you can see the daily readings, or you can stop by the Welcome Center or at any of the doors. There's a hard copy. It says Journey Through the Word, and they're fairly short readings. I think this morning was like 27 verses. And uh, as we read through the Word together as a church, I think it, it gives us focus and allows the Holy Spirit to speak to us on a very unified uh, level. We gather on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, and you're all welcome to come. We talk about what we've read. But this morning, I have felt led to actually take today's Bible reading and expound on it. It's a great story in the Old Testament about a guy named Naaman. Naaman. Naaman had this obstacle that stood between him and the fulfillment of who he could be in the Lord. And I've thought about that in the last couple weeks. You know, for many of us, life would be good if it wasn't for fill in the blank. You know what I'm saying? Linda and I were working out uh, gardening the other day, and I thought, man, this just, it's perfect, except for, man, we need to do this. We need to pull this weed. It's like being in an office and everything's great, except you have a bee buzzing around you. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it Sometimes it's the little things in life that can distract you. And I want to talk today about breaking those little things but those little things are actually big things. They can become big things. So the title of my message is Breaking the Big Barrier. Maybe that obstacle in your life could be your weight. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's an addiction. It could be a number of things, but there's a barrier, and we probably all have a barrier between us, where we are now, and where we want to be in the Lord Jesus. He wants to bless us. He has an abundant life for all of us, and we want to get there, but there's often this barrier. I think there's people here today that sincerely want to follow Jesus. I mean, you love him and you want to be like him. But there's this one sin that keeps knocking you off. You know, it's, it's a sin maybe you just can't escape from. Maybe it's your temper, your tongue, lust or pride. It could be a number of things. And it seems little, but it's become gigantic because it is hindering you from where you want to be in the Lord. That's exactly the situation with Naaman. Naaman was a man who uh, had one barrier in his life. Now, he was very, very wealthy. He was very successful. This is a very influential man. In some ways, Naaman's life is almost storybook. But there's one thing that stood between him and a whole life in the Lord. And in this story, he breaks through that barrier. And in that process, he learns some things, and I think we can learn some things. And as we read through the story, uh, maybe the Lord will show you some barriers from becoming the person that God wants you to be. And hopefully, 
you'll also see through Naaman's life the things that he did that will help you to break the barrier. So let's read it. Let's read it before we begin talking about it. We're in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to read the first 14 verses. And again, this is our daily Bible reading uh, for today. 2 Kings 5, beginning with verse 1. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman. That's our character today. The commander of his army. Because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Okay, now we know what his barrier was. He was wealthy, he was successful, he was victorious, he was influential, but he had this skin disease that was very common during this era. It was called leprosy. Now remember, we're talking about a man who was not Jewish. Naaman is not a Jew. <coughs> Excuse me. Naaman was what we would call a Syrian. Now, in the Jewish culture, it's required that anyone who had leprosy, no matter if it was visible or no matter if it was severe or just started, if you had leprosy, you were required by Jewish law to identify yourself. So you'd have to shave your head. You'd have to shave your beard. You'd have to wear torn clothes. And if you walked into a public area, you were required to say, unclean unclean. Can you imagine the stigma that a guy like Naaman would have to have to declare himself unclean because of this one barrier that he in his life? I'm glad that I don't have to announce what my barriers are. And you don't have to announce what your barriers are. Wouldn't that be terrible if you had to do that? You know, you walk into a crowd of people and you say, vindictive, I'm vindictive. <laughs> jealous, I'm jealous. <laughs> Selfish, <laughs> dishonest, I'm dishonest. <laughs> I'm greedy, I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm glad that we don't have to put our barriers out there. But the fact is, Jesus knows what those barriers are and we know what those barriers are. You can't ignore them. So here's Naaman, this successful warrior. He has this enemy that he cannot defeat. It's called jealousy. Verse 2. At that time, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master could go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying his gifts, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing, and the letter to the king of Israel that said, with this letter I present my servant Naaman, I want you to heal him of leprosy. Well, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? 
I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots, and he waited at the door of Elisha's house. (laughs) Man, can you just sense the anticipation? You know, he got there, and the king rejected him. And he thought, oh, man, I thought the king was going to heal me. And then Elisha says, oh, send him over here. So he goes over to Elisha's house, and, man, he is so excited because even though the king wouldn't heal him, he was ready for Elisha to come out and do some kind of wonderful, miraculous, powerful thing to heal him of leprosy. That was the anticipation that he had. And in verse 10, we read, it didn't happen like that. See, sometimes our prayers aren't answered the way that we want them answered. Elisha didn't even come out. He sent a messenger out with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. And Naaman must have thought, what? you got to be kidding. That dirty, filthy Jordan River? And the guy doesn't even come out to tell me? This isn't how this is supposed to work. And verse 11 says, Naaman became angry. You and I often become angry when things don't go the way that we want them to go. And that's exactly what happened here. And what did he do? He stalked away. Come on, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've had it all figured out in our mind. This is the way it's going to happen. And it doesn't happen that way. We get angry and we stalk away. Naaman said, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers Damascus, the Bana, the Farpar better than those rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned, and he went away in a rage. But his officers, those that surrounded him, who gave him counsel, tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go wash and be cured. See, they tried to talk some sense into him. And Naaman went down to the Jordan River and he dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And guess what happened? The skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed because he obeyed. He obeyed what the prophet had told him to do. Didn't make any sense, wasn't what he wanted, but he obeyed. Wow. What an incredible story. How does that apply to us? What is your leprosy? What is that one barrier in your life that is preventing you from receiving healing? 
Maybe you're facing an obstacle that hasn't ruined you yet, but it has the potential to. Maybe it's a situation that hasn't gotten as bad as it could get. I encourage you, now is the time to confront that. Because the, the longer we avoid these things in our life, they grow like weeds. And, and the bigger they become, and the roots go down deeper. So I just want to say to everyone who's watching online, and we're glad you've joined us, and everyone that is here in person, today's the day to begin the steps in your life that Naaman took to break down the barriers between you and what God has for you. Three things that we can learn from this story. Number one, give others permission to speak into your life. Give others permission to speak into your life. And not just those that you want to speak into your life. You'll notice two times in this story we've just read, Naaman did the right thing because he listened to somebody. And the very first time was a slave girl. A slave girl that had been held in captivity who wasn't of his nationality, wasn't even of his faith. A slave girl that lived in his home. He listened to her. And the second is when he listened to the army officers who served under him. Now think about this. He was the commander. And he said, oh, I'm not going to go do that. And those who were insubordinate to him said, Naaman... Listen to us. Now, most of us would say, what do you mean listen to you? You work for me. You listen to me. I mean, he was their chief. He was their officer. Yet he humbled himself. He listened to a slave girl, and he listened to the army officers that served under his command. He understood this principle. And I want all of us to understand this principle. Sometimes our help comes from unexpected places. Man, if we're not willing to listen to others, we're going to miss out on the opportunities God is opening. And Naaman could have said, what wisdom would this slave girl have that I don't already have? Who is she to tell me how to be healed of leprosy? But you know what? He had heard about the Israelites. He had heard about the powerful, miraculous, working God that they served. And he had heard that living in the land were the prophets that God had bestowed the power to. And so when this little slave girl suggested, hey, why don't you go see one? Naaman probably thought, well, maybe she's right. Maybe she does know what she's talking about. And he began the plans immediately that ultimately led him to Elisha. Now, later in this story, when Naaman overreacted, remember, he got mad because Elisha didn't do the things he wanted him to do. Well, I remember there's a lot of times when my mom and dad didn't do things the way that I thought they should do them. I, there I remember a lot of my professors in college that I thought, why in the world would they want me to do that? My own pastor, my network leader, Don Ross, 
has asked us to do certain things that I have not always understood. But friends, when you're humble, when you're open to counsel, no matter where it comes from, God can open doors that he can't otherwise. Don't let the pride of not listening to other people block what God wants to do in your life. Give permission to others to speak into your life. Even if they don't look like you, think like you, talk like you, smell like you. Andrew Carnegie said this, it marks a big step in a man's development when he comes to realize that other men can be called in to help him do a better job than he can do alone. Teamwork. Teamwork. Listening to others. If you have the courage, if you have the wisdom, and if you also have the humility to recognize that sometimes other people have more insight than you, and if you give them permission to speak into your life, it will help you. It will resource you to leverage your problems. We all need outside help. All of us. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Man, if we have barriers in our life, we need to start listening to other people. The second thing I think we can learn from this story is that we have to be willing to knock on more than one door. We have to be willing to knock on more than one door. Remember, Naaman told his king about the prophet in Israel who might be able to heal him, and the king encouraged him to go. We read it. And he wasn't well received. The king did not receive him. That first door initially did not open. Naaman didn't get discouraged. He didn't leave. It's interesting that the king of Israel actually thought it was some kind of a big trick to get Aram, you know, to, an excuse really to invade Israel. It appeared like, well, I've knocked on the wrong door. No opportunities here. But he was willing to keep knocking. It's a lesson that Jesus teaches us in the Gospels. You don't just knock one time. You keep knocking. Luke 18 says there's a persistent widow. The fact that she was a widow isn't the, the essential fact here. It's the fact that she was, a, she was persistent. She went to the judge, and the judge did not grant her request. So she went back to the judge, and she continued until the judge finally said, oh, let me just give you what you want. And the principle is that we need to keep knocking on the door of heaven for those things that God has promised us in his word. Keep knocking. I love Elisha's response to the king. Verse 8. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent this message. Hey, why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. 
and he will learn that there is a true prophet in Israel. That almost sounds a little egotistical there, doesn't it? Well, if the king can't do it, send him to me. And remember, Elisha didn't even get off of his recliner and go out and meet Naaman, right? <laughs> so initially, it almost sounds like Elisha's a little full of himself here. Exactly the opposite is true. Elisha didn't want Naaman's faith to be in a man. He didn't want Naaman to think that he was the source of healing. It wasn't arrogance at all. He knew it was from the power of God and Naaman needed to look at God. His faith was in God and he didn't want to miss an opportunity to see God demonstrate his power in this man's life. That's why he said that. Friends, when the game is on the line, there's going to be some in your life, like the king of Israel, who would say, nope, it isn't for me. I, I, I can't go there with you. Find someone else to go with you. It's not for me. That's a risk that you need to take to get to where God wants you to be. If you want to break through the barriers of your life, you do need to invite the help of others. But if they don't want to go with you, you need to be willing to continue on the path the Holy Spirit is leading you in. Keep knocking on doors and God will bring the people into your life and the circumstances into your life that will make the miracle possible. Man, if you want to break that barrier, and I know you do, that exists between you and the life God has for you, give people permission to speak into your life because they probably have perspective that you don't. And also, be willing to keep knocking on the doors until you find your Elisha. God has an Elisha for you. Okay, third thing from this morning's reading. Expect to act rather than merely receive. Expect to act. I don't know how many times in my life I've come down to the altar and I've knelt and I've cried out to God to do something for me. I just want him to do it. <laughs> God, can't you just fix this for me? And God does do miracles for us. But often God says, here's what you need to do. You need to go and dip in the River Jordan. You need to pick up your mat and walk. You need to stretch forth your hand. There's almost always action required on our part. Man, I, I wish God would just do it all. And he has done it all in the sense that he's gone to the cross and shown his love and given us the ability to become children of God. But when you are trying to remove a barrier in your life, you need to expect to act. Several weeks ago, we heard Rachel West and her testimony. It was Easter Sunday, so powerful. She came to the point of knowing that alcohol was that barrier. She admitted, man, I, I love Jesus, but I'm an alcoholic. 
She asked the Lord to help her. But you know, as she told us, it wasn't just a magical thing where all of a sudden, bingo, she was delivered. Could God have done that? Yes. But that's the exception rather than the rule. That's the miracle. Instead, God said, here's what you need to do, Rachel. You know, you, you need to get some help. Think about that for a moment. Because there's some similar, you know, parallels between Rachel's testimony and between Naaman. God said, you need to go to rehab. And it's 30 days. And it's in a different state. And you have to leave your husband and your kids. Rachel could have argued with God and said, oh, no, God, I can't do that. No way. I'm not going to go dip in that muddy river. See what I'm talking about, obedience? Well, we don't choose the way that God heals us. We don't choose the way that God removes the barrier in our life. We just have to ask. And he will give us direction, but we have to act upon it. You've got to act rather than receive. Why is it we're now almost 12 months out and Rachel is still clean and sober? Well, we thank God for that. We know that the Lord helped her. But it wasn't just the Lord. It was also her willingness, Nathan's willingness, her kids' willingness. Again, it's this authentic community. We walk together, don't we? Man, when Naaman went to Elisha, Elisha didn't even meet with him. Think about that. What a disappointment. I know there's times I've been disappointed because I've gone to visit someone and they weren't there or didn't have time to talk to me. And, you know, I feel, man, I've been relegated to... Because we, we tend to be pretty selfish. You know what I'm saying? Come on. The messenger gave Naaman that promise. Do this. If you do this, your skin will be restored. But it wasn't good enough at that point for Naaman. All of a sudden, his ego gets involved. Just like my ego gets involved, and I'm pretty sure your ego gets involved. Well, that's not what I want. It didn't happen the way that he wanted it to happen. And the Bible says in verse 11, Naaman started complaining about the river. <laughs> Pretty classic, isn't it? Naaman's on the verge of something spectacular. He has the chance of, of getting healed of this terrible disease. But instead of receiving his healing, he gets mad because of the healing's not coming the way that he wants it to come. Man, Lord, forgive me for so many times I've been <laughs> like, like Naaman. God's wanted to do something in my life, but that's, I was resistance to it. I don't know, maybe Naaman wanted a show. I mean, it almost sounds like it. it. Says he wanted the prophet to come and wave his hands and, you know, do some kind of miraculous thing. We all like signs and wonders. We all like, you know, lights and smoke. But God works with us in the mundane things of life. And God's with you. Day in and day out in your routines. Man. 
God wasn't found in the lightning or the earthquake or any of that. We just read that in our Bible reading, didn't we? Where was God found in the silent solitude? Sometimes you and I don't even quiet ourselves enough to hear that silent voice. I hope the Lord will help us to realize that action is often required for God to move the barriers in our life. We're all like Naaman. We don't want to do anything. We just want to receive. (laughs) We're very consumer-oriented. Come on, God, just just do it. Come on, come on, hurry up. Give it to me, give it to me. (laughs) No action required, no obedience required. I don't have to follow through on anything. How do we grow in our faith if God's always just feeding us like that and not requiring us to do anything? We're not going to grow. That's not how you break through obstacles. I know there's part of me, and I'm sure there's part of you as well that just wants God to come and take it all away. God, just get rid of all this stuff for me. But God is faithful. God is faithful. He's with us in the furnace. He's with us when we have to go down to the muddy river and dip ourselves seven times. He's with us when we have to say goodbye to a family to go get the tools to manage our life. He is with us. The question today, friends, are we willing to obey? Are we willing to do our part? We all have obstacles in our life. We all want to get rid of them. We need to listen, even sometimes to those that we don't want to listen to. (laughs) We understand that. We have to be willing to to knock on more than one door. But bottom line, this is the key. We have to be willing to respond and obey. And God might be dealing with you today about water baptism. Maybe that's your barrier. Maybe you've served God for years, but you've never followed him in that step of water baptism and you don't understand why why you just don't have that fullness of God that's promised in the word maybe your step is water baptism maybe for someone else it's reconciliation maybe it's confession maybe it's some kind of a of a rehab program maybe it's a support group to help you maybe it's just more faithful in reading his word and that's one of the reasons that we're in this journey it's a tool to help you be in the word but the question is are you willing to obey even if it's not glamorous nothing glamorous about washing yourself in the Jordan River not just once or twice or three times but seven times but there's something powerful about that part of the story because it represents what I would call a humble obedience to the word of God. What's the... Vic? Do they know that we have some advices here? (laughs) 
Yeah. Here's another Elijah right here. There's two more in the front row over here. Mm. All of these have prayed for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to tell you how many I've prayed for. But we've got these right yeah. here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Vic. And you are right. We do have those among us that will pray for us and support us and can be our Elishas. Good word. Good word. I'm going to have the worship team come back. We're going to conclude today. I just want to express again, if you want to experience the fullness of life that God wants for you, uh, you need the involvement of, of others, the advice and the assistance of others, like the slave girl and the officers. You need those people to help you. Will you let people speak into your life today? Are you willing to take the steps necessary to see your miracle, your barrier removed. We know that God leads us and guides us and he's faithful and he'll be with us. The question is, are we willing to say yes to him? Would you stand with me and close your eyes for a final prayer? Father, I know that each of us have barriers in our life that your Holy Spirit will reveal to us as we come clean before you. Help each and every one of us, God, to quit playing games and to allow you to speak into our lives and to allow others to speak into our lives. Remove the pride that we have it all figured out. And whether it's a a slave girl from Israel, whether it's a, a prophet that does something different than we had anticipated, Lord, help us to receive healing and salvation and victory and deliverance because, God, you want to set your people free. You want to remove barriers, big barriers like leprosy, Little barriers, Lord, like jealousy or pride, you want to set us free. So God, I pray that each of us would be open right now to the work of your Holy Spirit. We will hear from you what we need to do and then give us the courage and the humility. Lord, Naaman had to humble himself. But Lord, he was willing to do it, even though he didn't do it immediately, which God shows your grace in all of our lives. Because sometimes we wrestle, sometimes we kind of kick against the goads. But Lord, you don't give up on us. You're still there. And when we come to the open realization of what we need to do, you give us the strength and the courage God, I pray for each person who's watching online today and for each person who's here today that as our brother Victor has reminded us, <laughs> there are Elishas that in our life 
Help us, Lord, to do what we need to do to break the barriers, to become the people of God that you desire for us. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I encourage you to do that today. It's so simple to surrender your life to the Lord. That's your first step. If sin is in your life, that's the biggest barrier. So you need to confess your sin and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and let him come in. We'll pray with you, we'll help you, we'll give you a Bible, we're here for you. If you're watching online, there's actually a, a place that says, I, I wanna give my heart to the Lord. You can just fill that out. One of our pastors will contact you. If you need prayer this morning, I just encourage you to, to come and pray.